Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila. And today we are back with another episode. This is the first episode of the offseason. Um, ready to get back into it and start talking some baseball. This is an exciting time. Um, if you're not really like a super huge baseball fan, this is a time where free agency is going on. So there's a bunch of players who are currently free agents and are not binded to a specific contract and they're looking to sign with other teams um, as well as this is a time for winter meetings. Winter meetings have been going on um, pretty much all weekend, I think starting Sunday. Um, so it's been a little bit quiet over there in Nashville. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to do a recap of what went on during winter meetings once we are kind of finished with everything down there. Um, but right now we're going to get into some topics um, that I guess happened before that time period, late November, um, that sort of time. We had a few signings and then I'm also going to talk about what are our expectations going into winter meetings and how those, you know, are hoping to be progressed. Um, but yeah, with that, let's get into it and let's talk about kind of the first signing that kind of kicked off this uh, offseason and that's Sonny Gray signing with the Cardinals. This was a little bit, I don't know if it was like a super big surprise, but hey, I think the Cardinals um, definitely are going to be eager this offseason. We do know that the 2023 season that they had definitely was not ideal um, for them. They ended up being last in the NL Central with a 71-91 and 91 record. So yes, like I said, not ideal. Um, so we did know that they were going to be pretty competitive this free agency, uh, but this has been pretty much the only move that they've made so far. But with that, Sonny Gray is honestly a really nice arm to add to the rotation. Previously with the Twins, um, he also played on the Athletics, the Yankees, and the Reds. Uh, Career-wise, 3.47 ERA, has 15-21 strikeouts, and then 606 earned runs. He is a three-time All-Star um, in both leagues, so he does have a little bit of credentials to go around him. Uh, but in 2023, he did end with a 2.79 ERA um, with 183 strikeouts, and he only allowed eight home runs. So he did have arguably one of his best seasons last year. Um, with that, he was the AL Cy Young runner-up. He was an All-Star. So Honestly, really good numbers that he put up last year in 2023. Um, well, I guess it's still 23, 2023, but I mean the 2023 season. Um, so yeah, so he signed with the Cardinals for three years, $75 million, and with a $30 million team option for 2027 with a $5 million buyout. So a little bit of logistical things there, but for the most part, they got him locked up for a couple of years. And honestly, I think he's going to be ready to go. It adds to a rotation um, that the Cardinals have already kind of dabbled in with a little bit this free agency. They did get Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn, but um, as of last season, I think those are a little bit two guys who are more on the quiet side just because they didn't have astronomically big seasons. I don't think that they were two pitchers that were going to be, um, I guess, what's the word, kind of like a lot of teams were going to go out and get them this season. But Sonny Gray, a guy who has been in the and been in the league for a long time, um, has is definitely a really great addition to this St. Louis team. Uh, the president of baseball operations for the Cardinals did say that they aren't finished yet, that they're 
on the look for more guys. Uh, they want pitchers for depth in innings, and that's really the main goal uh, this season. And that's because they had the seventh highest ERA in 2023 at 4.79. So definitely um, want to get out from that bottom group. And they did end up having the second least amount of strikeouts in 2023 as well with 1,215. So that's really where we're at with the Cardinals right now. Honestly, I do think it's a great signing, but it is December 5th and this kind of happened a couple days ago, about a few weeks ago. So if the Cardinals do want to be aggressive this free agency, I do think that they got to get start, you know, get some pieces moving. I know that the free agency market isn't that big this offseason, but um, better, better early start than later. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but kind of staying on the pitcher's line, but moving on, we're going to talk about Kenta Maeda, who did sign with the Detroit Tigers. He signed a two-year, $24 million deal, and honestly, really good pickup for the Tigers. I think so, but we've also seen case instances where, you know, the Tigers have acquired guys who yeah, they're, they're pretty good, pretty good, pretty average, but it hasn't really worked out for them. For Maeda, career-wise, he's been pretty good. 3.92 ERA with 951 strikeouts. Um, last year, though, he was a little bit shaky, 4.23 ERA, and did allow 17 home runs in one season. So he is a guy that could give you a couple of innings, but maybe isn't as reliable. He's not going to be that guy you depend on, really, in your rotation. Um, and that goes amongst all of the other Detroit pitchers who, for the most part, one or two, they have one or two stable guys. Um, like I said, a little shaky, but abs death to the Tigers rotation. And that's a rotation that definitely lacks depth. So good addition. Another guy to your pitching staff. And honestly, I think they did get him for a pretty good deal. He did have Tommy John surgery last season, um, but when he did come back, he did kind of branch out and kind of ended the season on a good note. He ended the season with a 3.39 ERA in his last 15, 16 final starts. So that's kind of the my excuse me. <laughs> so that's kind of the Maeda that the Tigers are hoping that they do get, um, especially since last season didn't go their way. Um, but they are in an AL Central division that could be easily easily attainable to reach first place. Obviously, ending um, at 78 and 84 is not ideal to any team. Um, but the second half, the Tigers did have a really nice stretch at 39 and 34 and did end with a positive run differential as well. So, like I said, this is an AL Central that is definitely attainable to be at the top. Um, but you are going to have to spend a little bit of money and develop some of your guys. Like I said in the beginning of this topic, this could also mean nothing for the Tigers. I'm kind of a believe it when I see it kind of person, and I think this team is as well. An example, Javi Baez is with the team on a pretty large contract that he just recently opted into. Smart by him, by the way, but for the Tigers, it definitely does pain them a little bit. Um, but it was honestly a major downfall, and that's coming from a person who is a Cubs fan, and he's near and dear to my heart. But Look at the way that Javi has performed recently. Not great. The numbers aren't good. The defense either. And this was a guy who was making magic plays. I mean, his nickname is El Mago. And I think that magic has definitely faded. Um, so that's why I do believe that Tigers are now at the point where they're kind of eating his contract. In that case, you kind of don't want the same thing to happen with any other guy that you sign. And it's not just Kenta Maeda because this deal is only two years. But 
when you're looking at it, the Tigers do have a lot of young guys who could come in and take these spots and you don't have to spend a lot of money for, you know, a lot of years. That being said, Spencer Torkelson, who had 31 home runs last season, could be really good this year. Kerry Carpenter, Riley Green, just a couple of guys who just have really made this team, made an impact on this team in a positive way, especially in that second half. The Tigers are also expecting Colt Keith to come up. So honestly, I think this team is looking pretty nice right now. I do stand by what I said earlier that, hey, they should go and spend a few spend money on a couple of guys but just a few veteran free agents and this team could honestly be complete and face off against again a not as strong AL Central. So that's the news on Kenta Maeda. Moving on let's talk about some prospects and specifically one prospect who is getting that check. The Brewers agreed to an eight-year 80 million dollar contract with their outfield prospect Jackson Chirio, who is 19 years old. 19! That is two years younger, oh, I mean, sorry, two years older than me. And this guy is getting paid 10 million a year? Crazy. This sets an all-time record for the richest contract given to a minor league player um, with a guy who only has six games of experience above the double A level. A little bit about him, He's from Venezuela. He has been the number two prospect in Major League Baseball, and he's predominantly strong at center field. So that's really, you know, he's a, he's an outfielder, but center field is kind of where he likes to show off. Um, last year, his stats in double A, he did play 122 games with 22 home runs, 89 RBIs, and 43 stolen bases. So just by looking at those stats, this guy could be a potential leadoff hitter for the Brewers. I think it's something um, that the Brewers have on their back and that could really work out for them in a positive way. And I'm excited to see where this is going. But yeah, just super cool news there over on the prospect side. But now, you know, he's not a prospect anymore. He's at the major league level. So pretty crazy. Um, Let's see. Let's talk about a little bit of a fun business topic. Nelson Cruz, who if we do remember, um, has been an MLB veteran since forever, recently retired, he decided to join the Dodgers front office as an advisor who is expected to work mostly out of the team's academy in the Dominican Republic. I think this is so fantastic and so great, not only obviously, you know, for the DR, um, but baseball as well. Like having Nelson Cruz, who as an established Major League Baseball player, go to the Dominican Republic and start recruiting some guys, um, and kind of showing their potential to scouts and to clubs in the U.S., that's crazy, and that's so good, and I believe um, this is what we need more in baseball, because obviously, you know, scouts going in and looking at players, yeah, you know, it does something, and it does have an impact, but to have an actual MLB veteran um, who is true to his roots and who really cares about the DR and cares about the place where, you know, he grew up, to go back and kind of do his due due diligence almost and um yeah just really outreach to different areas I feel like we haven't done that yet so I think this is really good for baseball and I'm super excited to see where this goes but yeah I just thought that was like a fun little nugget that I wanted to share but anyway let's get into the big topic and let's talk about winter meetings so winter meetings are currently going on they're not quite over yet And I got a few topics which I think are going to be rumored around or maybe even chit-chatted about a little bit um, 
while this is going on. But first, let's start let's start talking about what's not going to happen. I don't think there's going to be any Shohei talks. I think that this whole Shohei market is something that's trying to be kept on the down low as much as possible. Um, and his agents don't want anything getting out. We know that Jeff Passan reported that apparently his Shohei's one ask is that nobody leaks any information. And if you do, apparently you're out of the conversation. So everything has been closely tight knit. Like no, nobody knows what's going on. And I do think that's going to remain the same way in winter meetings. Supposedly, like right now, I guess the mood is like kind of weird down there in Nashville because there's obviously rumors and you know, we know the teams who are interested. We know that the Dodgers are, the Dodgers have been for a while. That's the reason, you know, they haven't been spending in free agency for the last two seasons. Uh, the Dodgers are in on him, the Blue Jays. I mean, realistically, you, you see like all 30 teams would be in on this guy, but honestly, they, they aren't. We know that some teams are out like the Mariners, um, but yeah, the Blue Jays are in, the Dodgers are in, the Cubs have some talks there. Um, I know the Braves were recently reported, even maybe him staying with the Angels. So many things are going on right now, but I do think that this is something that's not going to be broken or this is news that isn't going to be broken at winter meetings, unfortunately, just because I think Shohei is trying so hard to get this right. Um, and he obviously wants to go to a city that he really wants to play in. So I feel like this decision may come, you know, mid-January, like maybe late December if we get lucky, Christmas, you know, Christmas present maybe. Um, but yeah, I do think that there might not be any update. Um, but we'll see what happens um, when winter meetings are over. Moving on, though, let's talk about some guys who may get, you know, some action, may get some, may get traded, may get signed, things like that. Eloy Jimenez, I believe, is a guy who is a very under-the-radar guy this free agency. Uh, the White Sox could possibly trade for him, along with Dylan Cease, another guy who is on the market, and obviously we know that the White Sox are kind of shopping him around. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, though, does have silver slugger credentials, and it does put him at a higher value with a limited hard-hitting hitters market. So I do think some teams could be interested in him. It'll be interesting to see where we go from there. Moving on, talking about the Cleveland Guardians, Shane Bieber, a pitcher who is definitely um, caught the attention of many, many teams. Several teams are showing interest. He could be on the move. He is an AL Cy Young Award winner back in 2020, although he did have a rough 2023 with only 21 starts because of elbow inflammation, ended the season with 3.8 ERA and had the worst strikeout rate of his career. He still is Shane Bieber. Like, we know that this guy can pitch. So honestly, him having a bad 2023 season doesn't really do a lot of damage to his persona or to, I guess, you know, his capabilities as a pitcher. Obviously, you're going to have that question of, can he go back to the Shane Bieber, you know, he once was in 2020. Obviously, those questions are going to be asked, but I do believe for the most part, I have a lot of confidence in Shane Bieber and still believe that he is a great pitcher, a great pitcher amongst the market. Um, and you honestly, with that injury, could possibly get him at a relatively cheap price. But moving on to another pitcher, let's talk about Tyler Glass now, who is potentially on the move as well. Projected to earn his salary this 2024 season with the Rays at $126 million. But 
that may be too much for the Rays right now. We do know that they're also shopping around with Isaac Paredes and Randy Rosarena. So it looks like they're trying to alleviate some of that payroll because they are currently set to blow their club record of 83.9 million from 2022. So obviously that's not a good thing and we want to keep things um, under budget. So it looks like the Rays might do a little bit of moving around just for the sake of money. But if the Rays do trade him, they are going to be left with a thin starting rotation. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But I do know Tyler Glass now is probably on the move. Moving on, Bo Bichette, another guy who could be on the move. Obviously, the Blue Jays want to keep him. Who doesn't? He's a great infielder, but it may come to the case where if the Blue Jays aren't looking to possibly pursue the postseason this year, he could be a really good trade piece. Um... I do know that the Chicago Cubs are interested in him and do have a pretty large opening at third base. Um, So that could be an ideal team. He was the best hitter for the Blue Jays, though, in 2023. Like I said, it would be hard to let him go, especially now that they're in the talks with Otani. Don't really know where that stands as of now, but he is a guy on the market. And another guy who did suffer an injury the last two months battled uh, Padillar tendonitis can never say that word, but I do know that a lot of baseball players (laughs) suffer from that. Um, But yeah, honestly, I do think that the Blue Jays um, could possibly let go of him. Um, If not let go, train. But they're already in arbitration with Bo. Um, It would be a bad trade for prospects when they're looking to make the playoffs. So hopefully they do get a good return. It's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Moving on, a big guy that we've talked about a little bit for the past two free agencies now, Juan Soto, who is likely to now be on the move. Uh, Soto's agent, Scott Boras, believes that he will stay, but many believe otherwise. Now, here's why. It clears a lot of payroll for the Padres uh, with a team that is paying so much money for a couple of players to let go of Juan Soto, oof, I think the Padres GM can breathe and take a take a deep breath and be a little bit more comfortable. Um, but that's obviously not disregarding any of Juan Soto's baseball um, talents. He we know that he's a phenomenal baseball player as it is. But a team that could be eyeing him is the New York Yankees, and whether that's for just a little bit of a trade piece or just you know to have a flexible contractor, is this more in favor of the Yankees than Juan Soto himself? We'll see about that. But the Yankees are also eyeing Cody Bellinger as well. So I do think if Juan Soto ends up going to any team, it would be the Yankees. Um, But then again, I feel like that may be kind of a stretch. Moving on back to to pitchers, sorry. There are currently three teams in on Josh Hader, and that those are the Rangers, Phillies, and Cubs. Now, If he goes to the Cubs and Phillies, it provides them with a lot of strength in the bullpen, and that's something that the Cubs have lacked in. He does add another great arm. It does add another great arm to the Rangers, but the Rangers' bullpen is already pretty strong, so I don't think the Rangers are going to be as aggressive with Josh Hader. Now, 
I do believe that, in my non-biased opinion, that Josh Hader would be more suitable in Chicago just because that bullpen in Chicago is their biggest weakness right now. So I think, you know, if Jed is, Jed Hoyer, who is the general manager of the Chicago Cubs, um, Jed is thinking we got to fix these problems, we got to address this, I think Josh Hader would be a really good, valuable piece. Again, another veteran presence to the bullpen. I think I'm okay with, you know, picking up a few guys who are maybe not big names, but I do think that you need one guy, one guy who's a big name to get him in the bullpen. I think that's what they need. So that's with Josh Hader. Moving on, let's talk about the guy that we've kind of, the new guy, I guess we could say. Um, Could we see Yamamoto go to a team soon? As we know, Yamamoto is from Japan. He is another pitcher who definitely has some talent. Um, Possible teams could be, again, the Cubs, Giants, and Dodgers. Yankees as well. Obviously, another guy, a lot of teams are in on him. The Dodgers especially. So there maybe could be a team who could sign both Shohei and Yamamoto. And if any team is going to do that, we'd obviously know that it'd probably be the Los Angeles Dodgers because they have the money to purchase both of them. And then combined those two salaries, it would be $80 million annually for just two players. And the only team that has that budget is the Dodgers. are the Dodgers. So that could be interesting. I really don't think that one team is going to get both guys, but I do think that there are a lot of teams who are definitely in on Yamamoto um, and he could really go to any team. Now let's move on and talk about the front offices during winter meetings and which ones really need to be locked in. And first off, we're going to start with the Brewers. The Brewers have been through it so far this free agency or this offseason. They've lost their manager, Craig Council, to their rivals, the Chicago Cubs. Um, There's talks about losing Corbin Burns, losing Adames, and losing Peralta. Obviously, all things that you don't want to hear. But if they do want to be at that front of the NL Central this year, they need to go out and get a few guys and get blank done, right? And I think they've done that. I think they're one of literally 30 teams who have actually taken action so far. Um, Besides that, it's been pretty quiet. So the Brewers, definitely a team. If you want to end up on top again in an NL Central division that could be more competitive, you're going to have to make some moves. Moving on. The Jays need to really dial in, Um, especially with talks about Chapman and Bichette um, being moved around as well. If those two are gone within the span of four days, that is going to be hard for Blue Jays fans, unless they do go in and get Shohei Otani. But obviously, Chapman and Bichette are two of your best players. It'll be interesting to see what goes on there, but they need to do something in order to get back into the playoffs. Because this, I think they're testing this free agency. If they don't do anything, they're not going to be in the postseason. If they do, there's a better chance. But I think because they missed it, last year and they haven't made it past the wild card round since 2016 something has to get going for the blue jays moving on the yankees the yankees need to straighten things out i mean the arizona meetings were a mess for cashman 
this is this is what he said if you haven't heard yet this was his direct quote he did say that I think we have good baseball people whether they're pro scouts whether they're coaches whether they're managers whether they're the general manager whether they're analytics guys I think we have good people I'm getting permission requests all over the place we just lost our bench coach to the Mets as a manager I've got analytics guys training to be poached to other clubs right now. Our player development program, no different than other places. But again, reinforcement that we got good people. I'm proud of our people and I'm proud of our process. It doesn't mean we're firing on all cylinders. It doesn't mean we're the best in class. But I think we're pretty good, personally. What? That's crazy to say that you're a pretty good ball team. Wow. Okay. And I'm not bashing on the Yankees and I'm not saying that they're not good or, you know, they're just overhyped or whatever. No, 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 no. I don't, I I, I don't think that. But I do think that Cashman puts a lot of stuff out there on a team who missed the playoffs last year and a team that ended the regular season at 82 and 80. That's only two games above 500. That is in fourth place. So obviously the Yankees have good players, right? They have Aaron Judge, they have Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Volpe, um, DJ LeMay, who, like, there's really good guys on this team, and not even to mention their pitchers, Garrett Cole, who had an amazing season, um, <sighs> Nestor Cortez, like, there's guys on this team who are guy guys, like, they're big names, and for them not to perform last season, was it upsetting? Yes, it was, obviously, especially because you know that the, the players that you have on your team, but then to go out and make such a a big statement and then later have your boss basically contradict what you're saying like it it makes it seem like there has been no communication there in the Yankees front office which is obviously a big problem right and then you're going to go on and talk about Giancarlo Stanton and his injuries and just bring up all of these other things really isn't good for the fan base either because then you're kind of letting them know that wait is like everything falling apart so Honestly, I think what the Yankees can do to maybe regain trust from their fan base or just to put a close on things is to make this time period of the winter meetings go a lot smoother and a lot more differently than how they did in Arizona. Kind of get things in line, get things in check, and know their priorities and make sure everybody's communicating well. Um, Because yeah, stuff like that out in the media especially can be taken away and carried away and whatever. So, That's how I want to end this week's episode. I will be back with another episode this week as well, so you'll get two in one. Um, And that's just going to go over winter meetings and what happened and what didn't happen. And I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of what didn't happen. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about it. I will also have a Cubs episode out. So super excited to talk about some of that stuff. Um, But yeah, thank you guys again so much for listening to this week's episode. And you will hear from me soon. Bye.